You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. What's up, First Wednesday? How we doing? All right. How about the youth section? Show me. How we doing, youth section? All right. There we go. There we go. Hey, y'all are lucky because on Wednesday, on the first Wednesday of every month, we steal the youth night. And so this is supposed to be, you guys are the youth night. Congratulations. You have graduated to the youth night. And uh, oh, man. I love it. You feel young again? I, I hope you respond tonight like you're young like that again, all right? That's what I want you to do. So, hey, thank you, thank you for being here, and uh, I would appreciate just talk back with me, all right? Just uh, pre- preach with me, and uh, can we give it up for our kids? And uh, Pretty awesome. I hope to preach like a youth pastor tonight. That's my goal, and uh, by the way, that's... I'm, I'm not kidding. I actually preached this message as a youth pastor one time. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to re-deliver it in the same way. And uh, I'm excited about tonight. Um, did you get your tummies full, everybody? Did you, did you eat some uh, what? You're cold? You're cold? Mom's cold, everybody. Are you all cold? I think you're, it's the power. That, I think it's the Holy Spirit that's in here. That uh, <laughs> no, Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, Josh likes it cold. He keeps it uh a nice cold 68 in here, by the way, if you want to know what we keep it on. Uh, and it's 68, by the way. We learned this. Here's a behind the scenes. You ready for this? At a church conference one time, they told us to keep it at 68 because 68 is not like extremely uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable enough to keep you awake. And so, hey, <laughs> just in case you think about falling asleep, we're, gonna, we're just going to keep turning it down. And uh, <laughs> Josh keeps it at like 60 degrees in his house. I don't, whatever his electric bill is, I don't want to know. And... Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but hey, we're so glad to have you tonight. Uh, First Wednesday is kind of just our family service, and so um, happy, happy that you're here. Thanks for always coming out. Thanks for supporting the food trucks. Appreciate it. The food trucks appreciate it too. And so, a nice little business that we get to do with them, and um, and so it's gonna it's gonna be an awesome night. Um, I've I've got a message for you uh, tonight that is uh, I I kind of already said it. It's a bit of a different direction. Uh, for me, uh, from what I usually do on Sundays. Usually on Sundays, I'm 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 loving the TV screen, right? I'm just hugging hugging on the TV screen, and uh, and that's because I I love to teach to you. Like I have the screen next to me on Sundays because I just I just want to teach you something. I hope to teach you something tonight. I will warn you, I'm going to be a little bit preachy tonight, and so uh, you know, for you those of you who like taking a lot of notes, I think you can get some notes, but I don't have as many notes on here. Because I am going to get a little bit preachy with this story tonight. We're going to be studying one passage um, that I really believe. Actually, you can ask Pastor Tyler. I had three different versions of a message yesterday morning um, that I just could not figure out um, what I wanted to do. And God just laid this message on my heart. And I tried to make two other things work over and over again. And I just couldn't even, I couldn't get into it. And so I just was like, I actually wanted to save this message for another time because I Really wanted to preach it on a Sunday morning, but I don't know. The Lord just spoke to me and is just like, this is just the right one for tonight. So I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because you're in this room. And so I, I, and I honestly believe that. I say maybe. I honestly believe that, that this message is for those of you. God knew that one of you were going to be here and that you needed to hear it. And so I, I truly do believe that. So 
I'm preaching this message to you tonight, and uh, before I get into that, um, I, I wanted, I also wanted to preach this message um, just because uh, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've felt this recently, uh, but I, how many of you have like noticed that I'm getting a little bit more bold from the from the pulpit? That uh, I just, this has been getting a little bold, and so I don't know what it is. Uh, the Holy Spirit is just like is working on me with boldness right now, and so I'm just, I'm just saying it like it is. So there's a lot of things that uh, I'm apologizing. <laughs> You'll hear me on Sunday mornings that I'll say, I, I'm sorry if this, you know, I, I, I don't, don't mean to offend you. Come back next week is usually what I say. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but there is something, um, there is something that I think God wants to work on our church, and there is um, this boldness that is rising, and I say that in saying that I'm not I'm not going to run people off with that boldness. You know, like we're not going to, uh, you're not going to see me out with the megaphone on the side, on the street corners, everybody. But um, I do want to preach the truth. And I just think it's important for us today uh, to know that truth. In fact, on Sunday, I tell you all that because I want you to pray for me on Sunday. I was preparing for my message this afternoon uh, for Sunday morning. Uh, to, to give you like a one sentence summary, usually I build my messages around one sentence, right? And so if there's one thing that I want you to get, uh, the one thing that I'm asking people to get on Sunday morning is uh, literally this, that God, God, doesn't, God doesn't want you happy, he wants you holy. And that's a difficult thing to talk about, right? Because a lot of people, um, their, their search for God is to search for happiness and yes, God will give you joy beyond anything else in this world. And I'm actually going to preach that in the summer. Um, but also, he's not so, we, we have to get past this idea that God sometimes is not co- so concerned about our happiness. He's more concerned about our holiness. And, uh, and, and anyway, it's, it's going to be a bright, great message, but it is a bold message. And so I just want you, Wednesday night crowd, I just ask you, sometimes I ask you to pray for some things in the season of the church. I just ask you to pray for me. Um, as I prepare that message. But tonight, um, we're going to have a little fun. Like I said, I want to preach to you. Um, That's my goal tonight. And let me start out just with a basic question. Uh, By the way, this is, (laughs) I I love these nights because sometimes I just kind of get to explain some things to you. This is how I build my messages, by the way. Usually I start by asking you a question and like, hey, I did that actually on Sunday. So the question tonight is how many of you in this room, how many of you would say that you need God to show up in your life somewhere? How many of you specifically would say, I need a miracle tonight? Like, like I, I, I just, I need him that bad. Like, I'm, I'm after him. That's what I need. And, and as much as I'm going to preach to you tonight, um, honestly, this is where I am. Um, this is, I, 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 there is some stuff in my life right now that is very confusing. And I just, I need God to do a miracle. And I wish I could... Honestly, there's about two or three stories that I wish I could tell you tonight, but I, I can't even, I can't tell you the stories. One day I'm going to tell these stories, and I can't wait, I can't wait to tell the stories, but um, I, I can't, can't do that tonight because it's, it's sensitive stuff, but um, there are some things in my life to where I just, I, I just honestly, the best thing that I can say is, God, I can't do anything else here. Like, it's out of my hands. I need a miracle. And I recognize that if I'm feeling like that, that there's probably some of you in this room who are, are in the same way, that each and every one of us, we've got a situation in our lives where we say, Lord, I just need a miracle. I just need you to show up in my life. And, in my life. and you know, there's multiple areas maybe in your life even where you need a miracle. And uh, I just read this verse this week, and this is really what kick-started this message. 
um, because this verse just encouraged the socks off of me from Psalm 77, verse 13. It says, your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? Let me just ask you that. What God is as great as our God? Guess what, everybody? There's no one as great as our God. You're supposed to amen there. You're supposed to clap or something. Yeah, okay. I'm training you on Sunday morning. Okay, I need you. And, And so let me ask you again. What God is as great as our God? No one, right? He's the greatest guy. Yeah, that's all right. You kind of got it. We'll get there. Uh, (laughs) You're the God, everybody, who performs miracles, which is what we're looking for. There you go. (laughs) And you display your power among the peoples. I, I, I love this verse. And I love how these two phrases in this verse tonight are both, did you notice, They're in present tense. He's the God. You are the God who performs miracles. Not just in the day that David wrote the psalm. You are right now. I just love love scripture. Because this verse tells us. It tells us that the Bible is not just a book. It's not just a book filled with great stories, everybody. We serve a God who still wants to do, he still wants to do miraculous things in your life. He wants to do it. And so that's what we're praying for. That's what I'm praying for in my life. I'm just asking the Lord, God, would you just display your power? Like, I've done everything that I can do, Lord. I'm just, it's up to you. Would you just display your power like no one else can? I'm telling you, and maybe that for you, you just need that. You need God to display his power in the middle of your family. Maybe Maybe you're a single parent. I don't know what it is, but you... You need, your, you need God to display your power, his power in that. Maybe you're a college student or you're a student here tonight. You just need God to show up in your life. You need to pass a test. You know, like you just, you need to, you need to make it out of the eighth grade. Like, let's get to high school. You know, like, I don't know what it is. We, we've all got these things. Our church, we've got things in our church where we just need God to display his power. We're just asking God for his help, for his power. We need a miracle, everybody. We need a miracle. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, what in the world is a miracle? I like to, I can't get away from teaching you, so I got to teach you a little bit. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting as a divine intervention in human affairs. In other words, this is something that no one else could take credit for. This is something that only God can do. And uh, I want to read you one of my favorite miracle stories. Uh, it's my favorite It's my favorite because it just shouts at us that, hey, it just shouts, man, Jesus, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. And many of you, you've already prayed that. You've been asking the Lord. You've been, I I mean, I'm convinced that many of us, we've been asking the Lord over and over again, God, I need help in my finances and my health and for my living situation, for my family, Lord, I need you to intervene. I need a miracle. And I think this story is going to help us with that in Luke chapter 18. Um, Verse 35, we'll start in verse 35, and uh, we'll go to verse 43 here. It says, as Jesus and his followers arrived in, at Jericho, there was a blind beggar sitting on the roadside. Now, Luke doesn't give us his name, but the beautiful part about the Gospels is we have this story in all the different Gospels. So in Mark, actually, he gives us his name. This guy's name is Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is the blind guy sitting on the side of the road, and it says, When the crowd 
When he heard the crowd approaching, he asked, what all, what's all this commotion about? What's all this commotion all about? Now, you need to understand the context of this story is this is right before the Passion Week. This is, so, so Jesus is leaving Jericho. He's, this, is right, this happens right before Jesus goes to the, the triumphal entry, right? So he rides in on the donkey. We, it's, palms, it's, 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 it's right before Palm Sunday. This is where it's at. So Jesus is kind of wrapping up. This is like the biggest ministry moment. You know, these are the biggest ministry moments of Jesus' life are coming in the next week. And this is right before that Passion Week. And, and, and it says that uh, the, the, the guys shout, it's Jesus, they said. They tell this blind man, it's Jesus. Jesus the Nazarene is passing by. And the, the blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Show me mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front of the crowd, guess what, everybody? As soon as he cries out, they scold him and they warned him, hey, shh, shh, Jesus is here. We got to be quiet, right? Sometimes we do that at church. <laughs> Shut up, kids. Jesus is here. <laughs> we got to be quiet. No, he, he cries out. The blind, <laughs> that didn't stop the dude. Instead, he screams out even louder. I mean, that's just, it's where he is. And so we, we have this, there we go. Exactly. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> he screams out even louder. Man, aren't we guilty sometimes of, shh, Jesus is here. Shh. You know anyone... You know anyone in your family or maybe at work that doesn't have good volume control? You know anybody that doesn't just doesn't have good volume control? Nobody wants to admit it. You're sitting right next to them probably. That's why. All right. I understand. I understand. There's just some people in life who just, they're either, I'll say this, because when I talk about volume control, a lot of us, we think they're either too loud. You know, that, that's the first thing. Like, oh man, they're just, you just know when you're going to be around that person. Like, whoo, I, I could hear you across the room, you know, like, but but I also, there's also this problem of people being too quiet, ain't there? Like, so, so my wife falls into that category. So she's not too loud. <laughs> I guess I'm the loud one. Either maybe, maybe I'm just too loud and she's just normal. I don't know. I, th <laughs> I think that she's too quiet. And, uh, and half the time, I mean, me and Emily will be talking. We'll even, like, literally, we'll be out to dinner, like, across the table from one another. And she'll be like, like whispering something to me. And, and she's not whispering. She's talking in her normal voice. And I literally sometimes just got to go, what? You know, like, I, she gets so mad at me, too, because I'm just like, what? What did you say? I mean, I, I, yeah, anyway, I can't hear you. Like, I, like, speak up. And <laughs> so I'm kind of, now I'm thinking, I wrote that in my notes, but I'm kind of thinking that now I'm the loud one and she's just normal. I don't know. I think she's soft. So uh, <laughs> anyway, but we, we know those people who are either, like, too loud or, Maybe too quiet. You ever been with someone, you ever been with that person in a place where you should have been quiet? That loud person where like it, you're, you're attending something where they're just really loud and you're like, I just need you to quiet down. Like, I, like at a funeral or like a wedding, you take these people to a funeral or wedding. And they're, like, they're like, hey, <laughs> what time is it? And it's like the bride's walking down the aisle, you know, and it's like, shh, shh, okay? You know, like that's, this is so, so I just picture this is Bartimaeus, right? This is who he is. He's, he's that person. The volume 
just keeps increasing. I, I know Emily, Emily could testify to this watching, or not watching, teaching fourth graders, everybody. She don't just watch them, she teaches them. And uh, anyway, uh, but fourth graders, I mean, she, she can just say, shh, shh, and it's like all day, she says, the class volume just rises and rises. It's like, it's constantly, she's got a bunch of Bartimaeuses in her class, you know, and, and that's so, and so that's what she's got. But this is, this is what the guy does. His volume just keeps increasing, and he says, um, I guess I ought to go to the next slide so we can get going. Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. He's just screaming louder. And then suddenly, guess what? Jesus hears it. Jesus stops. And he told those nearby, hey, bring the man over to me. And when they brought him, not sure why that's there. When they brought him you see it? You catch these all the time. When they brought him, my bad, uh, before Jesus, I just can't, yeah. Sometimes I, by the way, on Sundays, I typically don't point it out because I'll laugh over it and then we won't get anything done. I got all night with you guys. I got till eight o'clock, so I'm going to just take my time. <laughs> when they brought him, when they brought him before Jesus, man, that's pretty, that one's pretty funny. He asked the man, what is it, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? You know, that question has to be the most exciting, like helpful, hope-filled phrase that Jesus could ever say to anyone. Like what if Jesus showed up tonight and said, said Noah, what is it that you want me to do? And I kind of, I, I, I really believe there's moments in our life that he does. I, I think he can say it to you tonight. Hey, what is it that you want me to do? I think he's saying it to you and I. To those of you who maybe you feel like you're, you're, you're just hurt, you're forgotten. You feel, you feel like the blind man stranded on the side of the road. Josh got stranded on the side of the road. I keep picking on Josh tonight. Can I tell that story? Yeah. Josh got stranded on the side of the road this week. And guess what? Guess, remember when I talked on Sunday? This was, this was rolling through my mind, Josh, as I was coming to bringing you gas. I, he literally called. <laughs> hey, I'm out of gas. Can you help me? And so it took me like an hour because I had to go home. I had to get the gas can. I had to go to Casey's. I had to get the gas. You know, I had to load it up. And when all of this stuff was happening, I literally thought, you know, on Sunday I was talking about that, you know, when the Lord calls you to do something, you know, he calls you to the, this ministry and that ministry. I was like, I'm in the gas ministry today. <laughs> So to Josh, who's the poor man on the side of the road, stranded, I think the Lord's speaking to you tonight. And uh, <laughs> got off track a little. I don't know. For those of you who, yeah, you're, you're like the blind man. You don't know what the future holds. You, you, you don't know what direction you're headed in. You can't see. I mean, you can't, you can't see. Jesus looks at this guy, and I think he looks at you and the situation that you can't see tonight. And I think he says, hey... What is it that you want me to do for you? I want you to hear that. I really do. I want you to hear that, like, Jesus is ask, he's, he's asking you tonight, what, what is it that you want me to do? And look at the response. Lord, he's screaming. You just imagine this blind. Lord, please, please, I want to see. I just want to see. And Jesus said, huh. 
<laughs> How cool is it for Jesus to just say, boom, like you can see. Like, this is a, now you will see. Receive your sight this moment. For your faith in me has given you sight. And I want you to notice that not only did he heal him, but he gave him a whole new perspective. He gives him a whole new light. It's given him, it didn't only give him sight, but it gave him salvation. I, I just, that, that excites me. And that's, that's just what I'm praying for tonight, is that, is that we would just be able to come out of the blindness, out of the darkness of our situation, and that we would come in not only to see the light of Jesus, but, be, but know him even better. Like, that's, that's my hope. Not only will we see, but we can experience new life. And Scripture says, instantly, he could see again. And his eyes, his eyes popped open. I, I brought you. I don't even really know what that version is. I just, I just looked at the. I looked at some good versions. <laughs> I, I just like. I picked this version because it says his eyes popped open. Because I love that. Uh, so I brought you. I brought it to you there. His eyes popped open, and he saw Jesus, and he, <laughs> he didn't stop shouting. He shouted loud praises to God, and he followed Jesus. The result of the miracle, the result of the hope that he had, the result of all of this help is that he followed Jesus. He followed him, and I'm believing with every single thing that God does in our life, every miracle that he does, I just hope that our response, every time he shows up, our response should be, how can I follow you more? Like, how can I just get right back on that path? Like, what can I do to just be right there close to you, Jesus? I'm, gonna, I'm going to follow you. That's what it's all about. And it says, when the crowd saw that what had happened, they too erupted with shouts of praise to our God. Come on, crowd, let's erupt with shouts of praises. There you go. I'm teaching you. When I, when I bring a verse like that on Sunday morning, you erupt with shouts of praises. That's right. <laughs> I love it. I love reading this because it just speaks to me. Jesus, I need a miracle. I mean, come on, make it personal. Jesus, I need a miracle. I want to break down this story for you. It's what I love to do. I just want to break it down for you. And I want to take, we're taking a whole pizza pie, everybody. And we're just going to, I'm going to slice it up. You know, we're just going to, we're going to, that's what we're going to do. We're going to take it slice by slice. And we're going to look at this. First thing I learned in this story, I got six things. You're like, oh, he's never going to get through this. I don't know. Well, I ended it early on Sunday too. So I, I might not get through all six. We'll see. Well, number one, I'll just stop preaching when the clock tells me, all right, and we'll go. Uh, number one, blind man's problem. Let's talk about a blind man's problem. <laughs> Boy, do we have problems today, don't we? We got, we got, we're filled, our lives are filled with the problems. So I feel like sometimes I'm drowning. As a pastor, it can easily feel like you're drowning in not just your own problems, but everybody else's problems. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like everyone else's problems. We're just, I, we're drowning in problems. We're always, we got a problem. The problem with this blind man, he had a problem just like every one of us. Problem is, he had no vision. <laughs> That's a pretty bad problem, ain't it? It makes our problems can seem kind of small, don't it? Like, oh man, at least I can see. Uh, he, he's, he's got no vision. He had no sight. He, he didn't know what to do. Can you imagine, can, can you just imagine being blind? I mean, his sight was nothing but just a memory. 
Like, all he can see now is just dark and dim. Like, there's nothing except darkness. How depressing. Seriously, how depressing would it be every day to wake up and really not even, like, how do you know you're awake? You know, like, it would, it would be hard. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like, it's constantly dark. <laughs> I, just, I just got questions. I know, I know you know you're awake. I'm just saying. But, like, <laughs> but it, it, like, can you imagine how depressing that would be every day? Look, when you're blind, you, you don't know what's dark. You don't know what's light. It's hard to navigate. You don't know what's, it's hard to know what's going on. Can't see. Ain't that the way we feel in our world today, ain't it? It's, it's hard to see. It's hard to see even what's going on. It's hard to even, it's, not only can we, we, we can't get clarity. You know, it used to be like, it was just, we can't get clarity with things. But now it's like, we just, there's things going on behind the scenes we can't even see, you know, sometimes. It's just like, we can't even see it. And sometimes life can be like that. It can be so hard. We can, that, that we can't, we can't see because of the pain, that loss, that hurt. It's blinded us. And you say, Pastor Noah, I, I, I can't even, I can't even get it together. Like, I can't get my bearings straight right now. I just, I can't get it together. I don't know about my job. I don't know about my future. I'm just convinced there's people in, in here tonight that, Pastor Noah, I don't have any vision. Like, I don't know where to go. And, and, and we don't know, sometimes we just don't know what to do. We just can't see the future. We, we feel blind. But can I tell you, not only was this guy blind, that's one problem. But another problem is because he's blind, he's, he's kind of forced to be a beggar. He can't really do anything because he's blind. And so these, these two things go together. Almost every time we see a story like this, is that they're not only you're blind, you got, you got multiple problems. He's blind, he can't see, and now he's begging on the side of the road. That's all he's got. That's a problem. And, and what do you do when you got problems like that? What do you do when you have a problem? Well, let me tell you what the blind man did. The blind man, here's point number two. See, I, I'm going to roll through this. Point number two, he had a prayer. The blind man had a problem, but the blind man also had a prayer, everybody. So he didn't let his, we'll, we'll get to this, he didn't let his problems define who he was. He, he, had, a, he, he had a prayer. He couldn't see, but he could hear everybody. <laughs> he, he, he had one of them, right? Like, he couldn't see but boy, can he hear. And boy, did he have his mouth too, like, right? He can yell. I mean, that, he, he can do that. See, sometimes we can't see things, but the Bible says that faith comes by... Oh, yeah, all right. We got some Bible scholars out there today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, right? And so, so even though maybe we can't see sometimes, you're, getting it, you're picking it up, even though we can't see sometimes, we can still hear. We can still hear the word of God. If, if, there's, if there's one thing that I think we need to be hearing right now, other than the news, <laughs> other than the what-ifs that we have in our life, beyond the natural things, I, 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 think, I, I, I think, because there's, there's just a lot of natural things that we can hear too, so that, that's a problem. We get, we get clouded with a lot of natural things too. But I'm praying that even through the, through the natural things that we hear, the things that have blinded us, that we, would, that we would have ears to hear a spiritual sound. That we, would, that we would be able to tune our ears to hear a different sound. And, and it, it, I, I'll go as simple as just saying to just simply hear the sound of the word of God, everyone. It can be as simple as that. And that's all, this, all the blind man has is his prayer. I'm telling you, there is power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And he just, he just calls out. And sometimes 
guys, listen, sometimes in the middle of the problem, in the middle of the blindness, there's nothing that you can do but just call out to God. I mean, just call out and pray, and which, by the way, is a very, very important thing to do. I think sometimes we lose it. We get, we get all in ourselves, and I just want to encourage us to, that when we're blind in a situation, don't let it, don't keep, let it keep you down. Like, cry out to God. Scream a little louder, everybody. Like, let him hear you. Like, and I just, I, I love, Pastor Chris Hodges says it like this. He says, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And uh, mom's going through that beautiful book that he wrote, Pray First. And uh, I tell you, pick up a resource like that. Let's learn how to pray. Let's, let's seek God in prayer. It's, it should be our first response, not our last resort. Listen, when, when all the problems come against us, it's the first, it should be the first thing that we do. So the blind man had a prayer, and his prayer, get this, everybody, his prayer would literally open up the door to be with Jesus. I mean, I find it interesting that the first time he calls out to Jesus, the crowd tries to hush him, the people around him, they try to silence him. And, and again, just to bring you the scripture, that the blind beggar shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me and show me mercy. And those who were in front of him, they scolded him. They warned him to be quiet, but he screamed out just a little louder. He didn't quit. He didn't quit just because someone said that he was a fool. I, he, he didn't quit just because someone scolded him. And I'm just telling you that every time that you try to cry out, the enemy is going to do anything that he can to silence that shout. And I'm just here to encourage you again tonight. Some of y'all just came to first Wednesday just because you just need to know that you just need to shout a little louder. Just keep it going. There will be people that will try to discourage you. Notice, I, I, that was, this is I told you I preached this to youth before. So, so a lot of these things are some of the same revelations that I, I, I had all those years ago. This is kind of piecing together this message. This, this piece is brand new. You ready? Because I want you to notice this. This is something I noticed in the story. It wasn't just, it doesn't say the enemy. I've preached this so many times. The enemy is going to silence your shout. And that's true. I believe 100% that's true. But it doesn't say the enemy silenced the shout. You know who silenced the shout? The crowd. One day I'm going to be able to circle on, I'm going to figure out how to circle on this touch screen before long. <laughs> the crowd. Who's in the crowd? Well, most likely, small community. Who's in the crowd? Probably some friends of this blind man. Probably some family members of this blind man. Probably some religious people that are around. Yeah, you think so? Like, there's probably people of the Lord, everybody, who are in this crowd. The disciples were there. The followers of Jesus himself. The crowd. It's not just the enemy. <laughs> well, you mean to tell me, Pastor Noah, that the people of God would try to silence your shout? <laughs> Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yeah, they will. You're right. In high school, I was working hard in ministry. I was 
working hard for a church. Hard work, vision, all these different things. When you're doing so much all the time, you kind of lose yourself, by the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach a message about church hurt sometime. We're going to get real bold, all right? But anyway, it's what happens. So sometimes you just find yourself in ministry, and just the cycle of ministry eats you up, and you don't even, not even close to Jesus. And so I say this, I, I'll tell you this story to, to also tell you that it, it was something that hurt me, but it's something that um, I wasn't in the right place in my life either. And so you need to understand that. But in, in the cycle of doing ministry, had a disagreement with, with the pastors. And I probably, I, I shouldn't have been disrespectful. I was disrespectful. I was out of line. I was. But the response from the disagreement, I'll never forget this in my entire life. I'm sorry. The enemy's trying to silence my shout. I'll never forget this because this marked me for the rest of my life. I'm telling you on first Wednesday because I probably would never tell this in a Sunday service. We were in a disagreement. I was hurt. I was disrespectful. But the pastors looked across at me. And one of them said, Noah, you'll flip burgers for the rest of your life. Ministry. People of the Lord. I thought I'd never go back again. You can go low. Unless, I, I mean, I... But that was low. And it marked me. But guess what, everybody? <laughs> as much as I never, ever wanted to step foot back in that place. Oh, get ready. Four more years I served every weekend. I wasn't going to quit. There was something that just, it was, it was motivation that I'm not, I'm not going to let. I have, there's just something in my life, and I know that I was wrong, and I know that, you know, I was caught up in the cycle of ministry, and I, I, I mean, I, I know it, but I didn't let the miracle that God had for me, I just didn't let it pass by. Because it could have been so easy. It could have been so easy. I just, and even as a young adult, I mean, <laughs> to give you an idea, I didn't have my driver's license. It's like 15 years old serving. I, I, you know what that, you know what that, you know what it does to your kids. And it was, it was so easy just to quit or give up, but I just, I just worked a little harder. Man, I screamed a little louder, everybody. I worked as hard as... Come on. It's not time to quit, everybody. It's not time for the... It's, I'm not going to let anyone silence what God has for me. I'm not, not going to let it happen. I'm just telling you. 
that I, I just, I, I had this, <laughs> I was just in my office, I mean, I just, just, I literally, just tears in my office, just, just processing some of this, because I just, I just saw it a whole different way, I'm like, I'm like I preach this as the crowd, as the enemy, but it's not just the enemy, I, and I'm just, and I'm telling you, it's ministry, it, it's, 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 it's the, the, the people of God, so to say, it's, it's the family members, it's, I, I'm gonna, I'm just saying, there's, uh, there's, don't let it silence the shout. And that's what the, the blind man didn't let the friend say, shh. He, he didn't, he, just because your prayer, I'll just say this, just because your prayer didn't get answered, don't stop praying. Don't stop, don't quit. It's not time to quit. He had a problem. He had a prayer. And he had a praise, everybody. I love the story tells us how his prayer turned into praise. That he couldn't, he could, he could not see, he could not hear, but he could shout everybody, he could praise. And when, when he hears that it's Jesus, like that's when the, he's shouting, but he don't even know it's Jesus yet. And then when he hears that it's Jesus, Jesus is coming by. Oh man, he's shouting. Like those around him is trying to shush him. What's wrong with you? Why are you getting so loud? Come on, somebody. Somehow people, some people will tell you, why are you getting so loud on Sunday? Why you sing so loud? It's annoying. You can't sing. Why are you still singing so loud? You know what I, you know what I, get, I get it. I'm right there with you. Why you get so emotional all the time? You know, shh. Can't we just act right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't let the naysayers, the, people, the negative people, he didn't let the problems determine the shout. He didn't let the people around him, shh. He, he didn't. He didn't let it happen. Anybody ever try to shush you before? <laughs> Every time somebody tries to shush me, I just talk louder just in spite of them. And I hate to say this, but that's my wife does that. And so I just, what? You know, that's what. <laughs> it makes you shout more. It made him, it made him shout more. Just kept yelling, Jesus, have mercy on me. Man, have you felt that way lately? And I, <laughs> I was in the car the other day, like, man, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. But it was, and, and there might be ones, listen, that might be one. I, I told you the story a couple weeks ago. We were in the car just jamming, and there's somebody, somebody, I think, literally flipped us. Emily was like, they flipped us off. You know, I didn't, I don't think I told you that. And so they just were mean. And uh, anyway, and yeah, because we were, we were just shouting, you know, we just weren't going to let it determine our shout. But I, we, we've all been there, and. There were those who tried to quiet down the blind man. But guess what, everybody? They didn't know his situation. They don't know your situation. They don't know your story. And they don't know your testimony. They don't know what you've been through. And don't try to keep me from shouting. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the struggles that I've been through. You don't know what I've come out of. You don't know what the Lord saved me from. Whew, don't stop it. And literally, his shout opened up a pathway for the Savior of the world, everybody, to be right there next to him. And it'll do it to you today. So don't let anything stop that praise. Don't let, any, don't let the panic, don't let the anxiety, don't let the fear of change in your life, don't let the unknown, the not being able to see, like, don't, don't let it get your praise, everybody. What a story. What a story. And we know about the blind man's problem. 
the prayer, the praise, but let me tell you, the good news is that Jesus comes onto the scene. He's passing by. Now, the blind man had a lot of bad days, a lot of them. <laughs> I, just, I just can't imagine, like, sitting there for most of your life, like, every day the same. And then all of it, I mean, don't you think that would motivate you a little bit if you knew that Jesus was coming by? Like, that would motivate you a little bit. Like, there he is just begging, like he is every other day. And he didn't have much. But Jesus is coming by. In the middle of all of those days, like one random day, Jesus just shows up. And on that day, I want to encourage you, don't miss what God is doing. Because one day, when you least expect it, maybe even right now, Jesus is passing by in the middle of everything happening in your world, in your life. I believe Jesus, and sometimes it is just the random, most random days that he just passes by and just says, hey, I've got it. In the middle of everything happening, I'm just telling you, in the middle of the hurt, maybe some of y'all going through some sickness, some health issues, Jesus is passing by. He's walking in the middle of the darkness. The world just keeps getting darker and darker, but we just get brighter and brighter, everybody. And so that's what, that's what happens. So your situation that looks like darkness right now, Jesus can, is, is, even though you're in the middle of complete darkness, you know Jesus is total light. Like, that's it's what he is. And Jesus is passing by, and I'm just, just saying, don't miss that opportunity. Number five. Jesus took time. He took time. I think this is an amazing, amazing thing. Because out of all the people, out of all the people Jesus could visit in Jericho, out of all of them, who does he see? Out of the, there's a crowd. I'm sure all the, I'm sure the crowd, every single person probably had a need. And scholars tell us that not only is it a crowd, but they say that it, it's likely that there were thousands of people at this point that were in that crowd. Right before, right before the triumphal entry. I mean, this is, remember what this is setting up. It's the Passion Week. And out of all the people that would stop, that he'd stop for, it would be, it would be this one guy. Wow. Wow. Out of everyone. The blind man. And so I just got one question, and we'll close. I'll grab the, grab the band to help me, help me out a little bit. Let me ask you this. How does a God like him stop for a person like me? You ever feel that? How could a God like him? We sing that song. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. How could... I was a wretch. I, re- I just love it. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. <laughs> I was running out of time. How could, how could a God like that stop for someone like me? I mean, I wonder that so often. I really do. How does a God like him, a Savior like him, so powerful, so mighty, so holy, how does a guy like him stop for a person like me, a broken Hurt, dirty old sinner, everybody. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't, I don't deserve, I'm well aware 
I am well aware that I don't deserve a single thing that I have today. I don't deserve it. But he does. He deserves it. And can I tell you, you might feel the same way. You might, you might think, oh, I've done, <laughs> I've done so much wrong. I, why, would, why would Jesus even consider stopping for me? How would a God like him stop for a person like me? Well, guess what, everybody? This story <laughs> reminds us that he does and that he loves you and that he cares for you and that he takes time for you. I, he wants... He takes time for you to be right there. And in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, At one time you were dead because of your sins. That's where we were. We followed the sinful ways of this world. We obeyed the leader of the power of darkness. We all, we've done it. That person is the devil who is now working in the people who do not obey God. But the scripture says... At one time, all of us lived to please our old selves. We've gave in to what our bodies and minds wanted. We were sinful from birth like all other people and would suffer from the anger of God. But look at what it says. But God. You ought to circle. I'm telling you. I need to do a me message series. But God moments. because, But God had so much loving kindness. And he loved us with such a great love that even while we were dead because of our sins, he made us alive by what Christ did for us. You've been saved from the punishment of sin by his loving favor. Thank you, Lord, that I was saved from the punishment of sin because of your loving favor. Listen, that's the kind of savior that we have. That's the kind of God that he is. He's the God of miracles. It's a miracle that he would stop for a guy like me. It's a miracle that he would stop for someone like you. But thank you, Lord, that you stopped for this blind beggar that was on the side of the road, everybody. Thank you, Lord, that you would take time out of your schedule to stop for me. And number six, not only did he stop, but he looks at him and he gives him a miracle. Think about it. Think about what an incredible thing this is. What an amazing thing this is for this guy to get a miracle. And not only does this guy get a miracle, but scripture tells us that he begins to praise God again. That he didn't forget where his miracle came from, everybody. Don't forget where your miracle came from. Keep praising God. Don't let it, you, you, you don't let the enemy stop your shout, but also when you get it, okay, I just remind us, like, let's not forget it either. Let's tell everyone about it. And what did he do? The blind man, he begins to make an impact on all kinds of other people. And so just like when you and I decide to praise him regardless of our situation, regardless of the circumstance, listen, we still, after the miracle is done, we still praise him because it makes an impact on other people because we get to share our story. And listen, blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, he didn't have much. He didn't have, <laughs> think about this, he's a beggar. He probably didn't have anything to offer Jesus. But Jesus still, even though he had nothing to offer Jesus, Jesus still came and changed his whole life. And I'll just tell you today, listen, as I was praying for you, I just wonder how many of you today, that no matter 
No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, I wonder how many of you feel like you're just stuck like the blind man. That you're just stuck on the side of the road. You're stuck with uncertainty. You're stuck with hurt feelings. You're stuck with emotions. And you're just asking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because really, if we're honest with ourselves tonight, we're all blind beggars, aren't we? (laughs) We're all blind beggars that Jesus saved. And so I just, I've, I've literally asked the team to sing a special. Everybody, we're going to have like an offertory special. <laughs> Not quite. We're going to sing a song that as we sing, what I'm praying is that God would just restore your sight. I'm praying there's some people in here that just need vision for tomorrow. You need hope <laughs> to get up and go work tomorrow. You, need, you, know, you, just, you just need hope for it. And the person who maybe they feel like they just need help, That's you in this room. We're going to sing a song.